0: I'm all in. We want you to be all in this morning into the holiness and into the presence of God. And as we go on this, um, as we're in this series called The Quest, we are on a quest or a pursuit for the glory of God. And we want to find the glory of God and we want it to show up in an amazing way in our church so that we can transform our community, transform the the lives of people around us. And so we, we begin this whole series, if you're going to go on a quest, we first got to ask ourselves this question. The question is this, is my passion for his presence and glory measurable outside of the expression of my local church worship service? Is my passion, or, or is my passion for his presence or his glory uh, uh, measurable outside of what I just did here this Sunday morning? And if the answer is no, we've got to change some things in our life. We need to see a, a measurable expression of the presence and glory of God outside of our regular church worship services. We need to see it in our home life, amen. Everybody says, oh, I just want the presence of God to show up in, in my house. Well, you got to bring him there. <laughs> you, you, you're the one. You are the facilitator of it. And then there needs to be a measurable expression in our workplace, amen. How many of y'all, a lot of people hate going to work on Monday morning, so you're happy that we get a holiday tomorrow being July 4th, but you're still going to have a Tuesday morning to show up at. And so we got to realize that if the presence of God is going to show up in my life and it's going to show up in my work life, I'm going to be the one that has to bring the presence of God into that place so he can do a mighty and amazing work there. And so ask yourself this question, is my passion for his presence or glory measurable outside of what happens in my local church service? And, and we got to begin to change that to see his glory go into all the earth. And if, if we're on a quest, what is the reason we're on this quest? We're on this quest for a reason and the reason is this, that there's a mandate from God in Isaiah 61 verse 4 and it says, they shall redeem or they shall repair, redeem or make new the ruined cities and redeem or make new the devastation of generations. The purpose of God's glory showing up is for the setting of people free from bondage and slavery. Every time God's glory showed up in the Bible, they responded with an answer that wouldn't set people free. When God came to Moses, he responded with an answer and he said, here I am, Lord. And he said, I've heard the cries of my people. I know their afflictions. I've seen their sufferings. And God said, I want you to go set them free. So his glory showed up to set a nation free. When he showed up for Isaiah in chapter 6, when he got done experiencing all the great things of Isaiah chapter 6, verses 2 through 8, Isaiah had to answer it. He said, here I am, Lord. Send me. When Jesus and the glory of God showed up on him in the the Gospels, when the Spirit of God descended on him, shortly after that he said, this is the reason I've come. Isaiah spoke about it. I've come to set the captives free. I've come to deliver the oppressed. I've come to open blind eyes. See, the glory of God always shows up with a purpose, and that purpose is setting people free. Amen. And so we want God to show up in this church, not so we can say, oh, God showed up in this church. How amazing. We experienced his glory. If you experience his glory and there is not an attitude that says, here I am, send me afterwards. I got to ask you a question. Did you really experience his glory or did you just see something happen? Because when you have an experience with the father and his glory, you're ready to serve. That They all responded that way. And so if you sat in an amazing worship service this morning and and said, oh, I felt the glory of God, but you don't leave here saying, here I am, send me. I'm going to question, did you actually experience the glory of God? And this morning we're going to experience the glory of God in a whole new way. You're going to go into it and not just stand on it. And we know that this quest is not for the faint of heart. It's not for the faint of heart, and we got to be aware of this cautiousness, of this fear-based mentality that comes in uh, because of fear of what we do not know and knowledge that we do not have. And this is where we must trust the Holy Spirit to show us things to come so when His glory comes, we're ready to empower and embrace the glory and move forward to change a city and change generations rather than when His glory shows up, we've never seen it or known it, and we step away from it instead of stepping into it. We've got to step into the glory of God at a whole new level. And so we've been using this story of Moses, and it's in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And as you're turning to Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, the reality is in the church, because of many times of fear of what we do not know and knowledge that we do not have, we have been taught and we've conditioned ourselves to coexist with mountains, and we've taught ourselves to endure mountains rather than transforming mountains and removing mountains. So our goal is as the church that when we experience his glory, we come into contact with his presence. We say, here I am, send me to go out to these mountains that have coexisted with us, that have endured with us, to transforming them to look like the kingdom and removing those ones that need to be removed. Amen? So we must begin to walk in this power that comes with coming into his presence in a real and mighty way. And so I read this scripture last week, and this is basically part two of last week's message. That's why I did a a bunch of recapping uh, on the previous part. In Exodus chapter 3, when you found it, say, I'm there. And it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of a fire in the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, and yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when, Jesus, or when the Lord saw that he had turned aside, God called out to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near me. Take off your sandals. Take the sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Everybody say holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cries because of their taskmasters, and I know their sufferings. And last week we talked about getting a different perspective. Getting a different perspective on things. And you may be in the right location. Moses was in the right location. He was at the mountain of God. And so as he was in the right location, he didn't have the right perspective, though. He had to get into a different position because he was at the right location, the mountain of God. But he said, I'll turn aside and I'll go see this great sight. So he had to change his position. And we talked about last week that when, when we were going to try to sell, our, we're trying to sell our house. And y'all did some amazing prayers because we got a contract on it this week. You guys did awesome. I mean, praise God for that. But, but we, we talked about how I, there was a time when you're cleaning your, I was cleaning my house, and I vacuumed the whole thing, and it, and it was immaculate. And then the next morning I got up in my quiet time, and God had me lay down on the floor in a flat position, and I looked over, and under the couch were two nerf bullets. And as I looked at that, God simultaneously spoke to me when I thought, "How did they get there? And God said they were never hidden. They were always there. You just had to get in a different position to see it. We must begin to position ourselves to see and hear and get into the presence and the glory of God. Moses repositioned himself. He turned aside as he was going this direction. It says, he turned aside and said, I'm going to go see this great sight. He said it a little bit calmer than I would have. But he went aside to see this great sight. And that's where we're going to jump in today. And the presence of God is many times prefaced by his voice. The presence of God is many times prefaced by his voice, or his voice precedes his presence showing up. So when God speaks, he's wanting to bring you into his presence. When God speaks, it's not to condemn you, it's not to beat you up, it's not for you to feel guilty about what you did last week. It's to bring you into his presence. And if we as the church would get the right position on repentance, which means a new way of thinking, not just a turn in direction, a brand new way of thinking, because it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, repentance would become a word of rejoicing in the church because when God speaks, He's trying to draw us into His presence. And when we've got to change our way of thinking to come into His presence, it means He's trying to empower us with, with His presence and with holiness. And so we must begin to embrace the voice of God. Now, throughout history, not just Bible history, history altogether, when the voice of God speaks to bring his people into his presence, there's a select few that embrace it and go into it, and everybody else does what a lot of the people did in the Bible, they step back and they say, you go hear God for us. (laughs) But listen, when the veil was torn on the cross of Calvary, it was not just for us to have access to God, it was for God to have full access to us too. See, God's not just trying to get us to go up there. He's trying to come down here with his presence and glory and transform the mountains that we've been coexisting with. And so we must begin to understand when his voice speaks, when you hear his voice in the midst of worship, when you hear his voice, when you read his word, when you hear his voice, whether you're praying or, or whatever state of mind you're in, when you hear his voice, he's trying to tell you, come to me because I need to give you some of my presence or glory for the situation you're about to encounter. Come on. He wants to pour it out on you so you're about to encounter a situation that you can transform a mountain or remove it. One of the two. And so we've got to begin to embrace the voice of God. And so in Exodus chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 it says, When the Lord saw that he had turned aside, when the Lord saw that he had changed positions to walk into the fullness of who God was calling him to be, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside, God then himself called to him and said, Moses, Moses, here I am. And he said, do not come near me, take the sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. It wasn't until he changed positions did he hear the voice of God. So when you change your positions, when you're seeking God, you'll begin to hear the voice of God calling out to you to bring you to a place of instruction. And he's going to draw you into his presence. Now if we're going to talk about being in God's presence, when you're in the presence of God, you are in the presence of holiness. Everybody say holiness. We are in the presence of holiness. The angels around the throne where God sits right now are singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. When uh, the angel of the Lord showed up to Isaiah, they flew across and they were saying, Holy, holy, holy. When the presence of God showed up to Moses, he said, Take the sandals off your feet for the place you're standing is holy. So we must begin to embrace this aspect of holiness if we're going to walk into the presence of God. Now, there's a big difference between righteousness and holiness. We've hit this on several Wednesday night night services throughout the first part of this year. And I want to explain to you, there's a difference between righteousness and holiness. Righteousness is what you are and who you are because of what Jesus did. His blood covered it all. His blood made the difference. His blood has, has not just atoned for your sin, but it's it's he, uh, annihilated the power of sin in your life. That's what His blood did. His blood has made you righteous, whether you feel like it or not. See, a lot of you say, "I don't feel righteous." It's not that you don't feel righteous; it's you don't feel holy. See, because you already are righteous. Listen, I, I'm five foot eight on a good day, and it doesn't matter how tall I feel or how short I feel. Come on now, the fact of the matter is, I'm five foot eight on a good day. And it doesn't matter how I feel about it, that's what I am. You are righteous, it doesn't matter how you feel about it. If you've got the blood of Jesus covering you. And you've been born again, you've been made new. You've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. The Bible says you have become the righteousness of Christ. That's who you are. Embrace it. I am the righteousness of Christ. I don't care how that messes with your religious mind. Come on. See, some of us have a problem with it because it it, it interferes with our religion. Get rid of your religion. Embrace righteousness. This is what grace is all about. Come on. This is what grace, the fullness of grace is all about. And so whether I feel righteous or not, I'm righteous because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary for me. Now righteousness is what Jesus did. Holiness is a little bit different. Holiness is because of the presence of God that we have to step into or change positions to get into a realm of holiness. So holiness does depend on you. Okay? So so this is why you you can't, uh, how the the New Testament says it, grieve the Holy Spirit because of your acts that don't line up with righteousness or holiness. You can't grieve the Holy Spirit and then say, oh, present show up. Because it's a holiness issue. It's not a righteousness issue. You're right there. You're seated with him in heavenly places. He's not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Your seat is secure. The problem is in the church we've settled for righteousness and not aspired to get to holiness. Holiness is where his presence is. It's not good enough just to, it, 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 let me phrase this very carefully. It, righteousness is everything. It covers everything, okay? But if we settle for just righteousness and don't begin to walk into holiness, it, the church will never walk into the power of the presence that God wants him to walk in. And, and when, when you hear his voice calling you, like he said, Moses, Moses, when you hear his voice saying whatever your name is, Sam, Sam, or, or Jill, Jill, when you hear him saying your name, he's trying to bring you into a place of holiness. And his holiness, it, it, it's, it's the foundation is righteous, but he's trying to get you to be more than righteous. He wants you walking in righteousness and aspiring to become holy and walk in holiness so his presence and glory can show up. Okay. And we've got to begin to embrace that. It is no longer good enough for the church just to say, oh, Lord God, forgive me. Yes. Yeah. See, we banked on forgiveness far too long, and praise God he still forgives. There is no end to his grace. We're sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. But we as the church, we put the be all, end all on saying God will always forgive me. Wouldn't it be great not to have to ask for forgiveness? To live in such a way that you can walk into the presence of God and just praise him, not have to say you're sorry for all the junk you did. Come on now. We've banked on forgiveness for far too long. And forgiveness is great. Grab it when you need it. But you as a born-again believer in Christ Jesus shouldn't always need forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Because you've been made righteous, the forgiveness is there when you need it. But after a time period, there should be a change in attitude and direction right. of your life. And Moses began to inquire of God when God began to call him. And he, began to, he walked up to the place where God was calling and saw this bush and God began to speak to him. He brought him into his presence and he said, take the sandals off your feet. That's why I got sandals on today. It's simply sermon illustration, okay? My feet ain't that pretty. I don't want you looking at them all the time, okay? And I, and I told Mitch on Thursday, I'm going to break stage code on, on Sunday morning. I'm going to wear flip-flops for a sermon illustration. So, so I got my flip-flops on today and, and God said, take the sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground, now, I'm going to ask you a question. It's not a trick question. The answer I just told you, the place you're standing is holy ground. What was holy? The ground was holy. See, that messes with some of your religious minds. How can the ground be holy? The ground was holy because the presence of God was there. The ground was holy because God said, where I'm at, this place is holy. And Moses, if you're coming into my presence, it's holy ground. And i got a very simple illustration that I want to show you. If this water in this baptistry is holy, and it's not because it's Martin Springs water, <laughs> okay. and this is holy, it doesn't matter how much holiness I put on this towel. I mean, it can be oozing with holiness. Let's get it oozing with holiness. How about that? There's water, this holiness just dripping off this towel. I'm not going to ruin your stage that much, okay? And it's dripping off this towel, and it's still dripping even now. And it's here. And Moses walks up to the bush, and he gets in the presence of God, and he's standing here, and God says, Take the sandals off your feet, for the place you're standing is holy ground. Now, God wants us to come into and encounter His holiness. And I'm not encountering the holiness on this towel because there's something separating me from the holiness. And if I don't take off what is separating me from the holiness, I'm simply standing on His holiness, not getting into His holiness. Too many times the church settles for standing on His holiness. Standing on his holiness is you receive the righteousness, but you still go live the same way and you don't walk in the freedom. And praise God for righteousness. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. But it was not good enough for Moses to come onto the presence of God or onto his holiness. He said, take the sandals off your feet for the place you're standing is holy ground. And Moses stepped into his holiness. Now, I'm standing on this place called holiness, that, 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 that this holiness is, is it's oozing off of this towel. And when I had my sandals on my feet, I never felt the holiness. Because there was something separating me from holiness. But the minute I took the sandals off my feet and I began to step down, I didn't even have to put my full weight on it. I felt the water from the towel touch my life. And I've had an experience with the water on the towel. Now, when you come into the presence of God, you come in because you're righteous. You're born again. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Get rid of all your junk because he's trying to get you to a place of when you walk into his presence, take off what is ever separating you from the holiness so you can step into the holiness and have an experience with the holiness that will physically change your life. So as I stand here, a lot of us, This is how we like to do it. I'm gonna touch it. I just wanna, I'm gonna make sure it's okay. Because the church, by and large, hasn't felt the presence of holiness in a long time. Not to the measure God wants to bring it. I mean, we get good feelings when we're in worship. Uh, we get revelation through great preaching. But, but God doesn't want you to live through, through, through an experience in a song and, and a revelation you got from me in a message. He says, take your sandals off, and whatever you started in church, I want you to step into it, into my holiness during your daily life. And I want you to walk in this holiness. And he said, the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And so Moses When he began to encounter holiness, it gave him the mindset to say, here I am, send me. And listen, get get this. (laughs) It wasn't until Moses, he was in his holiness and said, here I am, send me. When he got out of his holiness, did he start thinking of all the excuses why he couldn't? Come on, some of you when you're in here, you need to make decisions that you can't back out of when you're out of it. (laughs) Come on. Some of you, when you get into this place of holiness, you need to make some life-changing decisions and hold yourself accountable that you can't back out of when you get out of this place. When you lay it down, lay it down. When you kick the sandals off your feet, whatever's hindering you from the area of, of encountering holiness, when you get rid of it out of your life, whenever you take it off, you need to begin to realize I'm making decisions that will affect me when I'm out here even though I don't feel his presence or holiness the way I did when I was in there. And we've got to begin to embrace holiness. We've got to begin to embrace the presence and the power of God in a way that will transcend who we are when we're out here. The church has to get past wanting forgiveness and has to start desiring holiness. Because when his presence shows up, it makes the things around it holy. Holy. When his presence showed up to Isaiah, the first thing the angels did was took a a stone from the altar and touched his lip and said, Good, now you're holy. See, God will fix your unholiness wherever you're at because his holiness supersedes your issue. His holiness is greater than, than, than the problem you walked in with. And if you're hearing his voice, you're going to get in a different position to see him because you're seeking him. And when you hear his voice, he's calling you into his presence. When you step into his presence, you're stepping into his holiness. And when you have a true encounter with the presence and with holiness, you're going to start making decisions in your life that will cause you to, when you leave this place, make a difference in the world you live in. Because I've said his glory comes for one purpose. And that is to set those who are in bondage and in slavery free. So when you encounter His holiness, you're encountering not just His presence, but you are making decisions as you leave to go change the world that you live in. Now something amazing happens when you have an experience, when you have a great experience with His holiness. I didn't say you just encounter it. I said you have an experience with His holiness. There's a difference between uh, just encountering and experiencing. See, you can walk into a place and encounter something. But you can walk into uh, a different place and experience something. See, you can walk into Six Flags and look at all the rides and you've encountered it. You didn't experience, though, until you caught on it. See, some of y'all are in the right location and you learn in the right position. But, but he doesn't want you to just encounter it. He wants you to experience it. And some of us need to start praying for an experience with His holiness. Why am I making such a massive point about having an experience with His holiness? I'm making a big point about It's because when you have an experience with His holiness, you get something. You get something. See, Moses, and I said this earlier, I said Moses made a decision that when he was in here, he couldn't back out of it when he was over here. See, he was on the mountain of God in the right location and the presence of God showed up and he had an experience with the presence of God in the right location and he made a decision that when he got out of it and had to go back into Egypt, an unholy place, he couldn't back out of the decision of holiness. How does this happen? Because many of you have made decisions in church that you couldn't hold true to when you got out of church. Give me an amen. Come on. Here's the difference. You may have came to church and encountered his presence to a measure that made you make a decision, but until you experience His presence, you'll never be able to hold true to it out here. You you can no longer just be satisfied with an encounter. You must have a personal experience. Just like when you got born again, you had a personal experience. And as you enter His holiness and have an experience with Him, He's going to give you something. How many of y'all like to get something? (laughs) My kids love Christmas because they know they're getting something. I'd hate to see if I didn't get them anything one time. (laughs) My kids love it when I come home from mission trips because they're getting something. When you come into his presence, and you don't just encounter it because he encountered it when he heard the voice. And if he would have just kept on walking and said, hey God, you're cool. He would have never experienced what he needed to experience. What did he give him? What did God give Moses in the encounter that would help him hold true to the decision he made in holiness? What did Moses get, and I said it wrong, what did Moses get in the experience, not the encounter, what did he get in the experience of holiness that would help him hold true to his decision when he was out of the place of holiness? And not that Moses was never out of the place of holiness because where the presence of God is is holiness, but he went into some unholy places. I.e., some of you say your workplace is an unholy place. You just got to ask yourself, are you part of the holiness or the unholiness issue? Come on. And if you want it to change, you got to have an experience in holiness to come over here and when you're out of the place of experience, God gave you something which helps you hold true to your decision in the midst of the unholy place. Here's what he gave him. Verse 10, it says, Exodus 3, verse 10, it says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So he had a place of holiness. It was on the mountain of God. It was the place of Horeb. It was the location of God. He got in the right position. He walked in the area of holiness. And here's the thing. A lot of church people who do have an experience with holiness, they want to just camp out and stay on the mountain by themselves. God never called you to camp out and stay on a mountain by yourself. I love my quiet time in the morning at 6 a.m., but I don't want to stay there because my quiet time at 6 a.m. for me doesn't affect you until I come in contact with you. Okay? So, so when you find this place and you have the experience with God and you never want to leave, and it, and it is like that. Realize he's fixing to give you something because there is a time when you do have to go to accomplish what he's called you to accomplish in the land of Egypt or wherever your place may be. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you. What did he get? He got God. See, some of y'all want a gift of preaching and you don't want God. God. Because you think preaching is so powerful. And no, some of you want the gifts of laying on of hands and healings, but, but, but you don't want God. See, I would rather have God than the gifts because where God is, he's got the gifts. See, we're all praying for gifts. Why don't we pray for God? Give us an encounter with your holiness that I have you, God. Because where you are, there is no absence of power. There is no uh, absence of gifts or miracles or signs or wonders. So God, I don't want the things or the signs. I want you and all of you. I want him. See, what did God give Moses in the midst of holiness that he would still have it in the place of unholiness? He said, Moses, you ain't got to worry. I'm giving you me. See, the church, if we'll tap into the fullness of who God is, we'll know that when he says, I'm giving you me, that that's more than enough every single time. So much so he got the revelation of this that later he said, God, if you're not going and your presence isn't with me, I ain't going. Because your presence is greater than any gift. And so he goes on to say, but I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you, or I have had an experience with you. When you have brought the people up out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain, the location of holiness where I brought you. Then Moses said, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your forefathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name, what shall I say to them? God said, God said, um, excuse me, God said to Moses, I am who I am And he said, say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. When you have an experience, when you have an experience with his holiness, you get more than an experience with his holiness or with his presence. You get something and it's God himself, but greater than that, he gives you the permission to use his name. See, Jesus said the same thing. He said, all authority is in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. You go, therefore, in my name. See, when you have an encounter with his holiness in the New Testament, he doesn't just give you the spirit of God that will be in with you and give you gifts and miracles, signs and wonders. He says, you get my name to use. See, so some of you need to get happier because he's more than your situation is right now. And you just say, God, please bring money. Why don't you just say, God, please bring yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Bring yourself into my busted up financial situation. <laughs> and give me an experience in your holiness uh, about my financial situation that I can begin to not just encounter your holiness, but I get you in the fullness of you in the midst of it with a transformed mind, but then have the authority to use your name over my circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. See, he, he's immutable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did with Moses, he just replayed it with Jesus except on a greater level. With more authority and with a new and better covenant. I mean, he, he hasn't switched up his game. And everybody says, oh, if we could be like Moses and have that experience. Oh, you got Jesus and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Why are you want what an Old Testament man had? If we're going to encounter his presence and experience his holiness... You've got to be willing to understand holiness to the point that you'll take off your sandals and step into an experience.